Hello everybody and welcome back to the technical area, your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Gramer once again. In some ways, normality has returned. Granted, the podcast is a little bit later than I'd anticipated, but as the world tries to get back to the way things were, it's taken me away from my microphone, my notebook. So apologies for the delayed release, but we're still keeping with the weekly schedule. But as we said, normality does seem to be returning in some sense of the word. Football is back. VAR is controversial. Goal line technology doesn't work anymore. So 100 days without the Premier League. And already, there's so much to talk about there. But of course, this isn't the podcast for that. This is the podcast where the virtual football world has continued over those 100 quiet days. Podcast that's focusing on a football manager. Adventure we're all undertaking. Different ways, different shapes, different forms. And of course, over the past couple of weeks, over the past 100 days, the engagement, the content, everything like that we've seen from fellow managers has been incredible to follow. I always give a little bit of a save update in terms of how my save is going. I'm sitting here recording this in a recently purchased end of season sale Bayern Munich jersey, something I thought I'd never own, given you know the infamy which Bayern Munich operate, but nevertheless, a blog post has dropped this morning. That's what, uh, Friday the 19th of June. I reached Christmas, but that Christmas break that's been enforced because of that 2022 World Cup pause. We finished up in the end of October, start of November. We had to play a cup match against Eintracht Braunschweig with uh, the players left behind who would not be going to the World Cup. So that was interesting. And of course, yours truly here has forgotten to sort out the fact that the German national team does not, does not have the real name fix. So it meant that I was fortunate enough to have my German players still available for that. But of course we've we've had that 2022 World Cup break now. A lot has happened. So if you haven't checked it out yet. Why not go and do it now. Well after the podcast. Preferably keep listening to me here. The link is down below. Uh, you'll find the link to the technical area site down there. And of course to the, the socials as well. This week we're kind of getting back to. Um. A little bit one of our usual kind of little episodes that we do, our feature episodes. I have a manager in focus. And this time we're continuing with a Bundesliga vibe here. And we're going to focus on a manager who's earned an awful lot of plaudits this season. From fans, fans of his own club, from pundits, and from the, his peers as well in the football world. Thanks to how the yeah, first season he's had at his club has gone. Well, adjusting to the pandemic nature of football aside, because they've kind of this club has struggled a little bit since the return of football in Germany. But it is Marco Rosa, and it is the Bundesliga's almost surprise package this season in Borussia Mönchengladbach. Marco Rosa stood out to me, what during the hundred days of non-Premier League football, but especially during the days of no German football, when there's more time to read and examine. And the more that I kind of read, the more I listened to about him, the more I kind of 
began to appreciate who he was. His development as a manager, his style of play, and the successes to date. And he kind of felt as a good role model for me. And I obviously have this medium of using podcasts where I can say that he could be a man that many of us could take some inspiration from as we look to, you know, further our football manager says, further our football manager development as FM players. Now, of course, I normally have my own thoughts kind of feeding in a lot on a topic. But when it comes to a manager and focus, there's not, often, not an awful lot really I can say in ways which I can with other topics that might be a little bit more open, like tactical periodization. So that's meant an awful lot of reading, an awful lot of engagement with different articles and the like. So the links to all these websites which I've heavily relied upon for the base of this episode will be found down below the sources you'll find in the episode notes. Or if you want to go and look and you know, do the expert reading yourself and the notes if you're listening on Spotify, I know the notes don't always work. So if you would like a copy of them, just give me a shout because I do keep them on file. Now, obviously, with a manager in focus, we're talking about a manager's inspiration as well for an FM save. So it was a simple question. That's how I started the topic off this week with, has a real-life manager influenced your FM20 save? 53.8% of voters on the poll said yes. 46.2% said no. So it's interesting to see just a little over half of you know, people have engaged the podcast, over half of the FM players would say that, you know, a manager has influenced their style. And some people even went a little bit further and spoke with the managers who've influenced their style. Black Sea FM, saying that Sir Ralph has been an inspiration there. While FM to Heat, you're talking about Big Sam, the use of POMO, resultism, stats technology to get an edge. So it's interesting to see, you know, where inspiration comes from many different ways, many different shapes, many different forms. And who knows that maybe for FM21, if I'm doing a similar podcast, you might say that Marco Rosa could be the manager and who they feel that was an inspiration for their safe. But, you know, enough talking about, you know, you know, all of this stuff. And let's perhaps get into the topic of really who is Marco Rosa. So I've said already, Marco Rosa is the current manager of Borussia Mönchengladbach. He had a professional playing career, with, the, with time towards the end spent with Jurgen Klopp in Mainz, with Klopp as a player originally, and then with Klopp as a manager. His coaching career started in Leipzig with his hometown team, Lokomotiv. Before, he moved to RB Salzburg, Red Bull Salzburg, as a youth coach. And he worked his way up from a youth coach with Salzburg to the first team and took over the first team in 2017-18. At the start of the 2019-2020 season, Marco Rosa left Red Bull Salzburg and made his way to the Bundesliga, taking over at Borussia Mönchengladbach. So why have a podcast and why dedicate a whole podcast to Marco Rosa? Well, in his first season as a manager, Marco Rosa was faced with a very, very difficult task, and that was keeping this locomotive Leipzig side up. And he was successful. In his first season, the young manager was able to keep locomotive up. And after his departure to the Salzburg setup, the club were relegated the year after, though with Rosa not in charge. The achievement of Rosa at Red Bull at Locomotive Leipzig was 
brought to the attention of those people who run the, the Red Bull kind of network. And they brought him into the fold, beginning him, beginning his journey, I suppose, to with a, in a manager education in their youth setups, and get providing him then, of course, with a pathway to develop as a coach within their youth setup, which we spoke about in the network in episodes there a couple of weeks ago, and seeing that how you know refined and what and how kind of state of the art that pathway is for young players. So it's interesting to see that the same could be applied for managers as well. And it's no surprise that, looking back from the perspective we have now, that Rose's time with Salzburg's youth setup was a success. He made waves within the Salzburg setup, with achievements and promotions rising through the different age groups within the setup, culminating with him being the natural successor to Oscar Garcia when Garcia departed the club in 2017. So upon taking the job in 2017-18, Rose had had a very, very successful 2016-2017 season with the under-19s and the Salzburg setup when they beat Benfica in a very, very closely fought final 2-1 in the UEFA Europa Youth League. And en route to that final, they beat Manchester City's PSG, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona's, their counterparts at those age levels respectively, en route to that final with Benfica where they did lift the trophy. So making the setup, oh sorry, making the move to the first team setup was seen as a natural progression for Rosa. And his debut season finished with the senior side, finishing 13 points clear of second place Sturm Graz in the Austrian Bundesliga. He topped the Europa League group above Marseille and dumped out Borussia Dortmund in the round of 16, edged Lazio out in the quarters and reached the semi-finals where unfortunately Marseille t- Needed well, Marseille knocked them out, but though Marseille did need extra time to knock them out. In the second season, success continued again, and the Austrian double followed with Salzburg with a cup and league win, and they pushed Napoli to the limit in the Europa League. You may remember Napoli very, very unfortunate actually end up in the Europa League in that in last season, that 2018-19 season, given the fact that they were put in a Champions League group of PSG and Liverpool. So to push, for that Salzburg side to push as hard as they did, it's no surprise at all that we've seen Rosa make the jump to the Bundesliga. His mentor, in some way you could say Jurgen Klopp, has even spoken very, very positively about the the development of Marco Rosa as a manager quite recently. Speaking to German television, Klopp said, I trust Marco in everything. Marco can have any job and could do any job too. He really is the most hyped coach of all at the moment. Because everybody is asking about him. So what makes Marco Rosa such an attractive manager for these clubs? What makes Marco Rosa earn such praise and laudits from Jurgen Klopp? What is his tactical style? Well, it's no surprise knowing that as a kind of a disciple of Jurgen Klopp in some ways, it's a high-tempo, attack-minded football that would be traditionally associated with Marco Rosa's side. His mantra is clear. We're working in a field in which things must be to the maximum. Maximum attitude and maximum performance. We've always got to be at the limit. So there is an imprint there of Jurgen Klopp's style on Rosa. Some inspiration from that rock and roll style 
the football Klopp was known for in Germany with Borussia Dortmund especially. Now when he was the manager of Red Bull Salzburg, Rosa lined the team up in a 4-3-1-2 diamond with Zavar Schaegler, who believe it or not, who this was where where I take a little bit of interest because I have Schlager at Bayern Munich at the minute and don't know how to play him. So was Zaver Schlager or Takumi Minamino playing as a Trek Artista? So with this fluid 4-3-1-2 diamond, Salzburg's style was dynamic. It was fast and aggressive in and out of possession. The team was built on a settled back four with a fluid defensive shape which would alter the appearance and the formation of this Salzburg side. The midfield would be very flexible and Javer Slager was of key in this side given his standout qualities and flexibility. The flexible midfield, the whole setup of the Salzburg side, would focus on playing vertically, playing through the opposition, playing through the centre of the pitch. And I suppose we've got the strength of the diamond, that's no surprise to see. Defence would circulate the ball from side to side for the purpose of opening up gaps in the opposition. And once a gap was spotted, then they would strike. Centre-back Romaglio, a very adept passer, would find teammates from his deeper position. Specifically, Romalo would try and look to try and find a striker who has dropped deep, hopefully pulling his marker with him. When the striker would receive the ball from Romalo, he'd try and play a pass to the attacking midfielder, the tip of the diamond, who would then try to exploit the space in behind this dropped striker and his marker. With compact play then through the lines of pressure, quick combination play, it's no surprise to see that Marco Rosa Salzburg won plenty of plaudits. And with this compact play, this compact quick combination play, if the team was to lose possession, it would allow the, it, it would allow the team then to set up with a counter press if and when needed. Now obviously when you are playing with a diamond midfield, width can be an issue. And the fullbacks would push high to allow Salzburg to overload the opposition defences. However, the fullbacks would often be very, very clever in their in their crossing. As we know, attacking fullbacks providing crosses seems to be a trend that's kind of uh, spreading across world football, almost becoming like these deeper, wider playmakers, especially as they join the midfield line. But with the fullbacks and the Salzburg setup, in a crossing situation, they would look to the edge of the box rather than put in looping crosses. The idea being that with players lined up at the edge of the box, there would be a greater chance of them dealing with a low pass, a low ball from these wide areas and being able to create something of the play rather than putting in a high ball, a looping cross, which you know the odds, the statistics, the metrics would suggest would be a higher risk move and not something that you know would be very, very rewarding creatively because of the risk of losing the ball and then you know that front three would also be very very fluid in their movement like we said strikers dropping deep trying to pull markers giving the space for the attacking midfielder to push through the idea of their movement so including the the, the midfielder at the tip of the diamond here in that front three but they drag markers deep create spaces in behind 
for runners and passes to go into. And the fact that there is no wingers, the fullbacks and central players creating overloads when engaging with the opposition fullbacks would then give a little bit more space, a little bit more movement, and a little bit more of a threat from that front three. And then, like we said, the compact space, the compact build of play, the compact shape of the team would mean that they're capable to set up very, very well on a counter press. And then, with Rosa knowing this, this I'm building the side in this way, Salzburg were devastating on the counter attack. They were trained to hunt in packs when pressing the opposition. Meaning that when they regain possession, these quick interchanges could happen again. The movement would be there and they'd be able to pull teams apart. But as Rosa has moved to the Bundesliga, Salzburg, his Salzburg side and his Gladbach side, there has been a notable kind of change and an evolution in how he's approached the jump, I suppose you could say, from the Austrian Bundesliga to the German. And it was something I was interested in even asking the community, because we as managers, virtually, a lot of us, and even some of us even around the real world as well, evolution must be a part of how we approach management. We can't stay with one shape, one way going forward. And I asked the community that, as you've played Football Manager 20, has your style evolved from day one, or has it stayed much the same? I'm almost 86%, 85.7% saying they've evolved and changed with 14.3% staying the same so it's interesting to see that you know that the majority of the community is moving towards this evolved style and Rosa is what I suppose you could add to that 85.7% someone who has evolved and changed as the 1920 season has gone on in terms of what I'm going to talk to you about now I've heavily leaned upon an article from holdingmidfield.com it was an absolutely fabulously detailed article on Rose's style of play at Borussia Mönchengladbach so of course I'm going to give you as much information as I can from it but if you want to go read it yourself there's video clips and everything I'd highly recommend that you'll find a link down below in the sources section so at Borussia Mönchengladbach Rose is very very honest in how he wants his team to play when speaking with the media the basic ideas behind my playing philosophy are emotionality hunger and being active, he explains. We want to be very active against the ball, sprint a lot. We want to win high balls and have short ways to the goal. We don't want to play a high and wide, but fast, dynamic, and actively forward. Now, this season, Gladbach have used a 4 3 3, which isn't too different from the 4 4 2 diamond, a 4 3 1 2 diamond that Rosa used at Salzburg but this 4-3-3 kind of evolution like we said formations can be seen to be kind of very you know um, restrictive of tactical expression almost of shapes and the way teams play but the Gladbach shape usually involves Alessand play it through the middle instead of a wider role while occasional use of a back three has also appeared at of with this Gladbach side, typically including defensive midfielders such as Dennis Zachariah or Tobias Strobel in the back line rather than natural centre backs. So it's a very very fluid shape because if you've got defensive midfielders playing as a, which in a back three, the shape can very very easily transition into 
those players stepping up in and forming a midfield three and so or a midfield four if you're looking for a diamond. And the four three three four four two diamond has also seen kind of a four two three one iteration develop as well. A four three two one shape emerge as the season has gone on. And what Rosa has seen here is has been a need for Gladbach to have more width when attacking. To reduce the workload on the fullbacks because as the article from Holding Midfield explains, Rosa does have some doubts about some of the 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 capabilities of the fullbacks that when they push forward of them tracking back effectively. So in order to reduce this workload, there has been more width, more traditional width and reduced workload on the fullbacks. But this shape hasn't compromised the principles of Gladback or Rosa and his coaching team, but rather reducing the gaps and reducing the amount of running that the players have to do. So instead of racking up huge quantities of runs, focusing on huge on a better quality of run that the player each player has to do. So in this 4-2-3-1 shape, the fullbacks advance to play and become central in the attacking phases of play. They become part of this midfield line. That was the, the two kind of sitting in front. So it nearly becomes a 2-4-3-1. If the opponent fullback presses Gladbach's fullbacks, the space they leave is then targeted by the attacking front three, the attacking front four of the Gladbach players. Sommer and Taram have been ever-present this season, central to the success of this Gladbach side. Because, And even more interestingly, the elements of Gladbach's play under Rosa this season show an evolution to this, the way the team played last season under Dieter Hecking, who played a 4-4-2 diamond. Now, Hecking, you know, didn't have great support from the fans because of the defensive counter-attacking nature. So what we've really seen with Rosa is taking this Gladbach team and playing more on the front foot, but keeping the same shape. So that's even an interesting development that we, as football managers, players could play. Maybe taking the shape we have and flipping it instead of being a bit more conservative to being a bit more on the front foot. So, and then with the hecking style of play that was at Gladbach, with the Rosa style of play, the same principles of pressing apply. That the team is man-orientated in their pressing, in their defensive play. And, you know, whether it's a good thing or not, Gladbach's discipline record this season hasn't been great. They're the third worst in the Bundesliga. But is, does that show a willingness to get involved, to track back and work hard? It does. So whether you see it as a bad thing or a good thing, I'll leave you to, you know, make your own judgment there. In terms of the attacking midfield, Newhouse and Benes have been key. And in their link of play with the striker, it's been to work in tandem. The idea then, when they're pressing is to force the opposition to go wide or go long to play these riskier passes where Gladbach field are set up in a way that they can be quick in the transition of regaining possession and go on the hunt right away because the main defensive philosophy of Rose's Gladbach is to cut off passes through the center of the pitch and force the opposition to play out wide so the striker remains central while the rest of the bank Will pick up their opposite number depending on the direction the opponent's centre backs move with the ball. So if they move left, the teams, the players know who to 
who their man is on the left, kind of moving to the left side. And vice versa on the right, they could be picking up a different player on the right, a different counterpart there, depending on what way the opposition likes to build up. And even in such fervour is the pressing of this Gladbach side, they'll actually even press the opposition goalkeeper as well. With wide forwards shutting down the centre-backs, forcing him to play riskier pass forward. And then Gladbach have lined up with strong and quick players out wide, ready to press these wide balls at the goal, the opposition's goalkeeper, they believe and they hope will be forced to play. Because pressing the short option comes with a caveat, unfortunate caveat though, that teams will find success playing against Marco Rose's Gladbach with direct longer passes over the top. Such, you know, levels of pressing are evident across the team that the centre-backs can often push up right quite close to the midfield line and leave space in behind, which opposition teams have found great success with when playing with quick forwards, being able to exploit and get good chances on goal. But with Rose's football, the high risk, looking to win the ball high up the pitch and have a short, have a shorter gap from where you regain possession to the opposition goal, it's so high risk. But it's also going to be high reward football. Because when they get into an attacking phase. Gladbach can be devastating. The centre backs will split wide. The full backs will push high. And. If. they were, The full backs are also quite clever. That they were capable of dropping deeper. If the build up play. Is on their side of the pitch. So to be a bit more of a focal point. A bit more of an option. In supporting the build up play. Of course, when you have your centre-backs wide and your full-backs pushed high, there is the risk that the team can be stretched out of position. But the centre-backs are comfortable in possession. They're comfortable under pressure. And then Sommer is always an option. Sommer are a very, very, very capable goalkeeper, as many football manager players will know. And he's always a reset option for the team. And when under pressure, these centre-backs will look to exploit the space left by the pressing opponent. So if they're being pressed from a midfielder, if they're being pressed from a centre from a centre forward or a wide forward, they will look to use the space that this player has left to press them to, to find a teammate and then use that space to, to navigate their way forward. In terms of the midfield that the Gladbach team will set up in, it varies from game to game and it varies with the personnel available because different players will offer different options. Tobias Strobel, who we've already mentioned, he offers a great sense of depth to the team because he has a good range of passing. Dennis Zachariah, again another player we've mentioned, he offers great energy because he's so comfortable taking the ball and running with it through the pitch. And even Christoph Kramer, he will drop deep between the centre-backs to form kind of a, you know, an auxiliary back three, an impromptu back three, to create additional space for his teammates further up the pitch. And then Newhouse and Benes, they're attacking midfielders who are quite capable and offer creativity from deep when linking up with the attacking front three. So that's the two wide forwards and the central striker. And with Newhouse and Benes, these players allow the team then to set up a double, double pivot. So with Strobel or even Kramer behind players who are very capable passers who can sit deep, there is a, a double pivot element to the team. 
and then the build of play going through them will be set up in that total football triangle style or triangle set up for build of play both sides having symmetry with a center back fullback and midfield center option always available and with these triangles there is the preference then for short build of play the front four will match the opposition back four in 1v1 scenarios with the attackers going high early and the team can be can display even elements of patience that if the gaps don't appear for the forwards exploit then the fullbacks will even push higher down the flanks to provide the width so what we're really kind of seeing here and it's is a system that's really kind of given them such great success that you know we've seen even you know marcus Thuram settle in so quickly and almost become a bundesliga star in his first season because this team is set up and plays to his strengths rosa has been able to identify talents bring them in and get them settled so quickly into his team that straight away they can hit the ground running straight away this team is ready to go but of course the success of marco rosa doesn't come without mentioning some of the backroom team and most notably his assistant and tactical extraordinaire Rene Marich is his assistant so I ask community when you know when you're looking for your assistant what do you look for 25% like for look for tactical knowledge or tactical preference 25% will look for the assistant's ability to judge potential ability or current ability and 50% half the community who always said man management is where they go Lee Rodri even went further saying motivating too with to help with team talks but also coaching attributes and a good personality is a bonus but if you are looking for an assistant and this man is available so as Rene Marich is a great place to go the assist, current assistant over Marco Rosa so Rene Marich for those of you who are unaware just to kind of quickly kind of run through has been a youth coach since the age of 17. he's an assistant to Marco Rosa and he's assumed when he assumed the managerial position at Salzburg in 2017 and has followed him to Gladbach. Marich was even present with um, Marco Rosa through the youth setup at Salzburg. Marich kind of proposed, I suppose, kind of rose to prominent rose to becoming a household name with the launch of a blog, dissecting teams, players, tactics, and managers. And not only did he come to the knowledge of the football kind of fan community that but even within the game the spiel Lagerung, I, I think i said that right it's such a difficult name to say blog is marriage's brainchild so if you haven't checked it i will link that down below as well but that's where marriage rose to fame the articles were so well written by the team marriage and his team there was his uh, colleagues there thomas tuchel's assistance at mainz Brought him in for a chat. Tuco was so impressed that the blogging team at the blog at Spielver Lagarung ended up working with Thomas Tuchel at Mainz for a season. Matthew Benham of Brentford and Michelin also had conversations with Marich as well. Another kind of throwback to podcasts previously with their networking and so on. The statistics there, and then of course Salzburg. Rosa liked Marich's work. And so impressed with you in the conversation with marriage that he brought him in as an assistant. So just kind of to finish off, we've 
spoken so well. Like, it's, there's been a lot of heavy conversation there about Marco Rosa. The links are down below if you want to go check them out and take your bit more time to listen and get your notebook out and plan and see how you can, you know, adapt. But, you know, Rosa has set us great examples. He's succeeding in winning over his new fan base because of the exciting and enthralling football he plays. He has a, because of his background with Salzburg in the youth setup, it's no surprise to see that this Gladbach side has also featured quite a lot of young players. Might be against what FN Grasshopper has written for the byline this week, we're talking about old heads. But young players and a solid youth development program at Salzburg and now at Gladbach have added to the reputation that Rosa is building in world football. The counter-pressing, counter-attacking style of Rosa has, you know, helped him bring success from players at the club like Marcus Taram. Dennis Zakaria has become a standout player linked now with some of the big clubs across Europe this summer. Matthias Ginter and Nico Elvedi, two centre-backs who, you know, never really look troubled when they play and getting plenty of attention as well because of the style and defensive work of the players in front of him. Of the M, sorry, because of Marco Rosa's system, because of the preparation off the pitch, Rosa and his assistant do. And Marich, I suppose, has the best way to finish up talking about, you know, the example that the Bruce and Munch and Gladbach management team are doing. That their tactics describe the sum of a team's decisions about how they're going to solve a particular situation. But ultimately, what they want to do. Is a very simple process. They want to educate their players. So that on the pitch. These players can make these decisions. Inherently. Instinctively. Players know that you're either protecting the ball. Demanding the ball. Or creating space. There is nothing else. So if you have the opportunity this weekend. To watch Bruce and Gladbach do. And just watch how those players counter press. Watch how they build up their play. Watch how they protect the ball. Watch how they demand the ball. And watch how they create space. And if we can understand how to translate that into what we want to do in Football Manager. Then we could be bringing on a huge level of success to ourselves. And following a path that Marco Rose is certainly laying down. That could see him potentially becoming another one of these standout German managers in demand. All across Europe, as Jurgen Klopp has said. Now, just before you go off and make such moves and shockwaves in your football manager save, a few little bits of you know housekeeping just to take care of. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a positive review if you can on the podcast listening app you're listening to? Like, review, and share the pod on your socials with your followers. Maybe we can build up a bigger fan base. Maybe we can build up a bigger levels of interaction each week. Even suggestions of topics. If you want to get in touch with me or the podcast itself directly on Twitter, the links are found down below. You'll see GG and TTA links down below. The interactions form a vital part of the podcast. It's using the hashtag Weirdy Community. So get involved through the votes and the polls comments questions whatever it is 
to all those people who got involved this week. Thank you very much. It's greatly been appreciated. If you want to get good music for your rival podcast, for your football manager, YouTube videos, your streams, whatever it is, Pond5 is where I got the music for this. So feel free again to go check it out. Link found down below. Enjoy the return of the Premier League. Keep enjoying watching the Bundesliga, of course. And until next week, I'll talk to you then. All the best, your football manager. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye now. 